0: Here
1: we go. So I felt actually old for the first time this week. Aww. <laughs> um and it was when Apple released iOS 10. Uh-huh. And I accidentally sent a bunch of nonsense messages to several of my friends cuz I couldn't figure out the new text messaging interface.
0: Oh, is it going to is does it look different?
1: A little bit. Here, I'll show you. Am I going to feel old? Also deep? my phone is locked with the password for the first time ever.
0: Aw, I did that recently. Um,
1: so here's a group message with my dad and two of my aunts. Or my dad sent a picture of his cat. Um, there are all these new options at the bottom. Oh, no. This one allows you to search for gifts,
0: Okay. which well, is useful, nice. except
1: that it doesn't have a good inventory yet.
0: Right. So where's the pop key or whatever? I used
1: So to this pronounce. is the scary thing. You can send all these things. I don't want to touch it because it sends them. Oh, so you he, could
0: send a thing of yourself.
1: Yeah, accidentally. And then I was very confused by this button.
0: What is that? That's send,
1: and it's in the same place where send is now. It just looks different.
0: I don't like this.
1: It was very strange, and I... I, I this
0: is why I don't update my phone.
1: I really wanted to, because it's great. Everything about it is excellent, except I was very confused by all of that.
0: I sometimes think that Apple just tweaks and tweaks and tweaks, Mm -hmm. and some of the tweaks wind up working for them, and then some of them are stupid.
1: And I feel like that's... Life? Yeah. I was going to say tech in general. (laughs) That's Silicon Valley.
0: I think it's life. We tweak and tweak and tweak, and then some of the tweaks we make we should never have made. Yeah. I feel like that's
1: accurate. I think that's right. Welcome to episode 88 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, I sell books, and I am a teacher at Florida State University sometimes.
0: And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia.
1: Today we have the pleasure of talking with our Penguin Random House sales rep, Virginia Price.
0: Virginia is one of my favorite sales reps, um, and I don't mind saying that because she very clearly is good at her job. Mm-hmm. Um, we learned that she has over 100 accounts, mm-hmm. but she makes me feel like I'm her only one.
1: Which is really a testament how good she is at her job. Yeah,
0: so we talked to her all about um, what an act, a sales rep actually does, um, because I feel like I romanticize it a little bit. <laughs> so we talked about that.
1: And then we got some book re- book recommendations for the fall.
0: So get your pens and papers out, or just click into the show notes, because you are going to want to write these titles down.
1: Many of them are out now, many of them are coming out in the next month, and then a couple that she mentions are not coming out for another six months, but...
0: She gave us a wide variety.
1: She gave us a great variety, and we're very excited about all of them.
0: So, happy listening. Virginia? Hey! Hi, it's Annie.
1: And Chris. Hey,
2: hey Chris, how are you guys? Good. Good. Wonderful. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me.
0: (laughs) So we thought we would just jump right in. Um, One of the things before we started recording, Chris and I were kind of talking about... Is how much I romanticized book selling and bookstore owning before <laughs> I actually owned a bookstore. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like now I do that with what it must be like to be a sales
2: rep. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, I did the exact same thing because I used to work in a bookstore, I used to stock the shelves and all that stuff. And then I was like, oh, it must be so cool to sell books to people and just all the time be paid to read. And I was half right. <laughs> (laughs) Um, yeah it's a a really cool job Uh, basically my job is to interact with all these different type of independent bookstores like you and uh, chat about books that are coming out uh, in different times of the year which ones work and in order to even talk about the books I have to read them so I essentially get paid to read which is awesome (laughs) and then to
1: even talk about Um, them with other people which is like half the joy of reading
2: Right, pretty much. Exactly. So I get to nerd out about books, and I get to read books. It's and I'm surrounded by books. I'm probably drowning in books, to be honest.
1: (laughs) Looking (laughs) at my shelves. I feel that.
2: (laughs) So,
0: just out of curiosity, and you may not know off the top of your head, but about how many books do you read a month? And. Okay. Yeah. Answer that question first. And then I have another question.
2: (laughs) Sure. Um, I read about five books per month. Um, usually I'm reading anywhere from two to three books at the same time, (laughs) but whether I finish them in the same amount of time is a different story.
0: Okay. That was one of my follow-up questions. And my, (laughs) my other follow-up question is, do you give up on books?
2: I do, actually. I can think of a few that I'm probably not allowed to say publicly. But, <laughs> <Right>. uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have given up on certain books where I just cannot get attached to the characters at all. Sure. Yeah. It's, there's just something about the character that I can't sympathize. I'm like, I just, I can't, I don't care about your story anymore. Close book.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I that I do that a lot, but a lot more now than I used to. I think the old Annie, <laughs> pre-bookshelf Annie, would never have given up on a book. And mm-hmm. I think now, because of the sheer volume <laughs> that we get, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just have to at some point say, you know what, I'm not going to finish this. And
1: oh, sure. I think there's something else, too, that something because we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I don't think we, we took a, mm, let's say, economic understanding of it when you don't mm-hmm. have to pay for the book it's a lot easier to put it down.
2: Oh, that's accurate. That's a good point. Yeah. Cause you don't feel obligated. Like I spent all this money on this book. I'm going to finish it.
1: Whereas like when all of us are reading galleys, it's like, "Eh." I didn't like (laughs) (laughs) it.
0: That's true. Maybe it's different
2: kind of attachment.
1: That's interesting though. I didn't think about that until just now.
2: (laughs) That's a really good point. Now I'm going to rethink a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So as
0: a sales rep, For Penguin Random House, right? Mm
2: -hmm. Yes, that's correct.
0: Um, What kind of what does a day in the life of a sales rep look like?
2: Uh, Basically, a lot of emails and phone calls. Um, I spend most of my time talking with accounts about different promotions they might have, uh, authors that might be visiting their stores, uh, talking about Um, books they might not have heard of that would be perfect Mm -hmm. for their customer base Um, and that's what most of my emails tend to consist of and phone calls for that matter just chatting with people about all the books that could be perfect for their one location like for example i'm not going to talk about a book that's located in hawaii to alaska it's just not the type of book (laughs) that would go with that type of location right but say i find a book about Um, the south like the book of Polly, which is the deep south all that stuff i'm going to totally talk about that with all my southern accounts because they need to know about these amazing books that their customers are going to love um about how many
0: accounts do you have
2: i have about 110 accounts oh my gosh yeah (laughs) and it's fun though
0: (laughs) are they divided up by region like do you mostly have southern stores what do you have
2: um, yeah, I have mostly the south, uh, southeast, and southwest, and I have Hawaii, which is kind of fun because they're like a six-hour time difference. So when I'm finishing up with the day, they're just starting theirs. Right. Um, oh, and gosh. then, but yeah, for the most part, it's the south, which is wonderful because I love the south.
1: <laughs> and we'll ask you about that later.
2: Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I listen to the podcast. <laughs> she yeah. knows. She's a <laughs> um,
1: So how did you how did you get involved doing this? How did you start?
2: Sure. Um, So really, it all started because I was working in bookstores to pay for my expenses in college, Mm -hmm. and it also made textbook buying a lot cheaper. Um, And I decided I really wanted to learn more about the book industry. Uh, As fortune had it, my parents moved up to Maryland where I found out that Penguin Random House was looking for an operator. So when Mm -hmm. you call the general Penguin Random House line, you get that person who goes, thank you for calling Penguin Random House. How may I direct your call? (laughs) That was me. (laughs) And I got easily... I started asking for more work and more and more work, and then they put me into the customer service department where I got to be in charge of all the customer service for the state of New Jersey. And then uh, this opening popped up for a sales rep, and I was like, I love reading books. I might as well keep talking about books. So I applied, and that was it. So really it was a lot of persistence and working my way up, hard work and all that stuff. That's
1: excellent. And it does kind of seem like customer service – to sales rep is a really natural progression. Yeah.
2: Yes, it really is because customer service kind of gives you a, the idea of how books do that process from order to warehouse right. to shipping. And then to have that knowledge going into sales, you could be like, well, you might want to be aware that you want to order this now. Sort of <laughs> yeah. Thing. yeah.
0: And how so. did you, I'm just curious. So you are based mm-hmm. in New York? Question
2: mark? No, I am based in Westminster, Maryland. Okay. Uh, Penguin Random House has a few locations. The, Big, big offices are in New York City, but the warehouses are in Westminster, Maryland and Crawfordsville, Indiana, and a little bit in Reno, Nevada. Um, We also have a lot of offices in the Westminster location from customer service to credit. Um, A lot of the finance stuff is done here and in house
0: sales. <laughs> so how, if you're based in Maryland, and, and a lot mm-hmm. of your um, clients or a lot of your stores are in the South, plus Hawaii, mm-hmm. how <laughs> how do you familiarize yourself with, like, how do you know? Because I feel like when we, when you and I meet over the phone every couple, every few months, I guess mm-hmm. you do have a pretty good sense of Annie. I think this would do well at the bookshelf, and you and I can kind of talk through it. And I certainly know you ask me a lot of questions and you try really hard to get to know our customers, but I'm just Mm -hmm. picturing you doing that with 110 (laughs) stores. and So I'm just curious, how do you familiarize yourself with what folks in Hawaii might be reading versus what people in South Georgia are reading.
2: (laughs) Well, what helps is that I lived in the South, uh, specifically Georgia and Florida for more more than half my life. So Mm. that was a regional thing from childhood experiences. Um, But for states that I've never visited, what I do is I try to have an intro call with every single store asking them, just talk to me about your store. How would you sell your store to someone? Mm. And by that point, you get the immediate things that come to the top of their head. So it's like, oh, our store really sells well those mysteries. But we're not really romance fans, but we love science books. Like, mm-hmm. they're already talking about the stuff that's their huge passion. So you get an idea for what the store Represents in the community based on the owner or buyer's passion for the best selling books in their store. Um, I also, it requires a lot of organization, which I never had until this job. <laughs> um, I take copious amounts of notes whenever I ask you questions, for example, Annie, about, you know, do your customers like this type of genre versus this genre? I actually write that down. So I always have it mm-hmm. in your account notes that i keep and every time we chat i look at those notes as a fun refresher to go oh definitely not going to talk about this book because it just will not move or my vice book. versa so
0: oh that's impressive that's a lot
2: that's a lot of note taking you do <laughs> oh my goodness you have no idea the amount of paperwork on my desk is crazy <laughs> binders full of booksellers <laughs> yeah Um,
0: Okay, so one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you today was Mm -hmm. we are about to enter what is one of my favorite seasons. um, Oh, me too. In general, both, but also in book selling. Um, I feel like the fall is so chock full of really great literature and really great books. And so we kind of wanted to just walk through some of your favorite upcoming titles of the fall. And I thought we would start with maybe some of your favorite fiction titles.
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, so I actually got the pleasure of meeting Britt Bennett, the author of The Mothers, yes. uh, earlier this week. So I got Excellent. even more excited about the book than I already did. Oh, we're cheering over uh, here. We love that book. <laughs> yes. Isn't it? A, it's, it's such a beautiful novel. And it's just it speaks to so many different types of people and the Greek chorus writing style of the Church Mothers, which I found out this was really cool. She said that she wasn't expecting to write with the church mothers as a perspective until probably a couple years after she was already writing drafts. And it felt like just a perfect narrative to continue the storyline, which I thought was really cool that they just kind of showed up in her story instead of, you know, she immediately making them up.
0: Yeah, that's pretty Um, impressive. And I I don't know, we may have talked over you, but for listeners, it's Britt Bennett, the mothers. Um, and, I, I think I'm kind of jealous that you got to meet her and, <laughs> and, and get to talk with her. I imagine that was pretty interesting. She's really young actually.
2: Yeah, she's uh, she's only a few months older than me. We're both 26. And, me too. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, she's she's really, really young. This is her first novel and she has the joy of only working on novels right now. She doesn't have a day job. She just wow. writes and writes and writes. And well. I'm like, I'm in <laughs> awe of her. Yeah, Me too. Wow. She, yeah, she's incredible. Um, definitely, anyone who wants this book, highly recommend it. And <laughs> when does that title come out? That title comes out October 11th. So okay, next well, month. We'll More have soon. our count.
0: Cal- I think our calendars are already marked. Like, and. Uh, I think we might even be getting some signed copies at the bookshelf.
2: Yes. Though. Yes, you did. And that was actually why she was in the office. She was signing those exact copies that are going to be showing up in your store. Excellent. So, yeah. <laughs> she has a great signature. So
0: oh, I think fun. Okay. <laughs> okay. Awesome. What's next?
2: All right. Another book that I'm super excited about uh, that just came out is called Night City Burning. Um, It's a science fiction book, and Annie knows this, but I am a huge science fiction nerd. I was raised off of Star Wars and Star Trek. Mm. I dress up for conventions. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) I am hardcore. Um, But this science fiction novel is the first in a new series, and it's so approachable and so clean that I think teenagers, adults, of all shapes and sizes, of all different walks of life, will enjoy this science fiction novel about people just defending Earth from an alien invasion and a fun adventure. Anyone who liked Hunger Games or Ender's Game or Starship Troopers, Star Wars, insert nerdy thing here, will <laughs> definitely enjoy this book.
1: That's excellent. <laughs> and, and who's the author of that one?
2: The author is J. Patrick Black. This is his debut novel. Um, cool. It came out September 6th. So... Um, chance. It's already out
1: available on shelves. (laughs) Excellent. We'll pick that up for our brand new sci-fi fantasy section. Oh,
0: yes, please. Yeah, we have um, actually, Chris has really been instrumental in trying to make sure we carry sci-fi and fantasy because Virginia, as you know, that is not my area of expertise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I'm very excited to have Chris kind of curating that shelf because I feel kind Uh of inadequate there. Um, Uh But what I'm learning in bookselling is that that's when you hire people who are different from you.
2: <laughs> and so I, I'm really excited but we'll put that
0: one on our shelf for sure
2: yes definitely and I think it's awesome I think it's a genre that a lot of people love they're just not they don't realize it until they open that first book and right. then the magic yeah.
1: starts
0: <laughs> absolutely
1: so what? what's your next pick
2: oh my next pick is definitely going to be um, reputations by Gab- Juan Gabriel Vasquez um, it's coming it just came yeah. out like two days ago so yeah, yeah I think um, we have it that, we Yeah, that one is so brilliant because it pretty much takes a look at political cartoonists, which we all appreciate, but we don't really know their lifestyle. And it's a fictional look at this one who's about to retire, and he's uh, reflecting on the reputations that he has both helped and hindered throughout his life as a cartoonist. Mm. Um, So it kind of gives a really interesting reflection about the political spectrum from the media side. Um, a different perspective, but also something very real, um, by still, but still being fiction, which makes it a little more approachable, I think.
0: We um, actually gave that galley to one of our favorite customers, um, AJ oh, Mueller. We also uh-huh. gave it to Sterling. Yeah, and Sterling on staff, and mm-hmm. I think they both nice. read it. They if both, I'm not mistaken, and I think they both really liked and they it. both really enjoyed yeah. it.
2: Oh, that makes me so happy. That's, it's a really good book, very thought provoking. Yeah.
0: yeah um, so that's a good that's a good example of what we do with some of the galleys you send our way. Mm-hmm. Is we try to put them in the hands of customers we know are going to read them, or yeah. I try to divvy them up divvy them up among the staff um, mm-hmm. because as you well know in your world the number of galleys we have you really do feel like oh you're drowning God.
2: yes i know i don't know how you guys do it cuz you get all the different we,
1: yeah we get all the publishers too. <laughs> that's that's true <laughs>
2: Might as well like have a whole warehouse just dedicated to all the galleys you probably get. Uh, yeah. We, I, we I use wish. the office. For it, <laughs> I was going to say, you should see my office. <laughs> it's
1: not really we adequate. Should,
2: <laughs> swap pictures of our offices, just like a <laughs> pair of good dress books. It'll be hilarious. Oh, that would be so funny.
0: Okay, yes. so let's do. Let's do a couple more fiction choices. Okay,
2: sure. Um, another fiction choice that I'm pretty excited about is Swing Time by Zadie Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, it's What's kind of cool about her trend is that every other book does so phenomenally well that people cannot stop talking about it. And mm-hmm. so if we go by her previous history, this is going to be the new one that everyone's going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um it's gonna have an interesting perspective on pop culture. Um, Andy, I think you read this one, right? Yeah, um, so I'm halfway yeah.
0: through it right now, and i I have I've kind of reached the midway point where I just need to like get through the next few pages and keep going because the first half mm-hmm. I was really into, and then yeah. I've kind of dropped off, but I just need to pick it back up. I went to a sale Seba mm-hmm. um, last week, and so I just need to oh, pick cool. I just need to pick it back up. But yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed it. I had not read her before. Uh, yeah. Um, so I really I really am enjoying her writing style and I'm curious to see what people are going to think about this one the characters are really what draw you in immediately
1: mm-hmm.
2: that's that's what I've heard I, I haven't read it yet but I, it's on <laughs> my to-do list the <laughs> books I have to read um, but yes I've heard that the characters are really what pull the whole story together yeah. it's the relationship between the two ladies as they're going through
0: okay one more fiction
2: sure one more fiction um How about uh, Ink and Bone? So this one's been around for a little while, but I feel like fall could have its chance because, you know, parents are going to be looking for that young adult novel that – they, that their kids probably haven't picked up yet because you have all the pop culture young adult novels mm-hmm. but then there's those new authors who are trying to break through and uh, they don't really get a chance to shine in the light until christmas shopping season uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i'm really rooting for ink and bone which is the first book in a series called the great library series by rachel kane um, it's a literally, it's a book about books. It's this idea of what would happen if the Library of Alexandria <gasps> was never burned down and actually became the hub of intelligence. Historical
1: in the world. fan fiction. I love it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. Um, it's very, very fun. It has a male hero, which I think is also kind of exciting because most YA novels tend to have a female hero, but the literally. boys need their representation too. So. <laughs> fun. Um, yes, it's a, it's a very fun book. I think adults and kids would like it. Um, and then, um, also, I'm going to squeeze one more in, and that is Girl on the Train, uh, because okay. the movie is coming out, so right. I'm so
0: excited. Absolutely. I'm excited <laughs> about that, too. I mean, I read Girl on the Train years ago, um, mm-hmm. but, or uh, it feels like years. I think right. it years. years. Um, <laughs> it's been around for a while. It has been around for a while, but that movie trailer looks so good. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know who I'm... Jordan, my husband, hasn't read it, mm-hmm. and I'm oh, super man. weird about that, so I could be going to see that one by myself <laughs> in the theater, but excited
2: nonetheless. Yes, I'm very excited about it. I, the trailer, I keep watching it. Like I'm just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. And a couple of my co-workers up in the New York office, they actually got to sneak onto the set, and um, they were like taking covert photos. Oh, wow. Their names are going to be anonymous to protect them. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, how um, fun. Yeah, it was really cool. They snuck photos. They showed, like, Emily Blunt just chilling with the director, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this is crazy.
0: (laughs) That one I think will do really well. Books always do well when the movie comes out, which makes my heart happy. And that was
1: done really well anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: Yeah.
2: absolutely. And I know that some movie tie-in covers are just the movie poster, but Uh I really like how the Girl on the Train movie, movie tie-in covers look with the train tracks and Emily Blunt looking scared. I don't know. It kind of sticks out more than the regular movie tie-ins. That's a good
0: point, because sometimes movie tie-in covers I feel a little eye-rolly about.
2: Yeah. But
0: but you're right. This one is a little more eye-catching
2: yeah it has a more personal touch to it like it's truly a book instead of just here here's a movie poster slap
0: yes so, absolutely yeah <laughs> okay so let's do a couple of non-fiction titles
2: okay so as the, the nerd as I mentioned already I am really really excited for Carrie Fisher's biography yeah. that's oh, coming yeah. out in November yeah it's called The Princess Diarist and it's gonna be all about the making of Star Wars episodes four through six so the original Star Wars movies mm-hmm. um, She is going to dispel or prove various gossip rumors that apparently were going around on set and answers the question that I've been dying to know, and they haven't told us, which is not fair that they haven't given me the answer yet, um, as to whether she and Harrison Ford had a thing going. So I'm really excited to find out if they do. I would like to know. (laughs) And
0: we, I think we had to sign all the papers to, to be able to get this book. It's one of those books that's um, been embargoed, you know, like Mm -hmm. don't, you know, we're not allowed to say anything about, we don't know anything about it. Um, and I'm assuming you're kind of in the, it sounds like you're in the same boat as we are.
2: Pretty much. I mean, they'll give us, like, these fun little teasers, like, oh, and she reveals this, and then I'll be like, okay, is that true? And they don't tell you yes or no. Uh So (laughs) so I am waiting ever so impatiently for the book to come out so I can read it. And when is that one out again? Uh, That is coming out November 22nd this year. Okay, perfect.
0: What is another nonfiction title?
2: Um, another nonfiction title, um, I just got the finished copy of it, is called The Book of Joy. It's a book written with the—collaborated com- between the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. Oh, So right, two I different people of two different—oh, re- sorry. Go ahead, Chris. No, no, no,
1: I was just saying I saw the cover in a catalog.
2: <laughs> yes. Um, oh, you need to take a look at the finished copy and turn to the back because the back of the book, there's a picture of the two of them dancing together, which is so heartwarming. Oh! <laughs> right? It's so cute. Oh, my goodness is um and yeah it's just it's a really cool what i like is that there's so much violence and anger in the Mm -hmm. world that we do need a little more joy so to Mm -hmm. have these two people who are symbols of joy in their own religious communities coming together to not only show collaboration between two different religions but also two different races two different countries all of those Mm -hmm. things and saying This is a way that you can still find that you can find happiness in this world. Mm -hmm. um, I think is just so beautiful, and I'm very excited.
0: That one would be a good one to read right now.
1: Anytime.
2: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree. Um, So yeah, I think um, yeah, if you get a chance, look at the back of the book because it has them dancing, and the spine is them arm in arm, and it's just so much love and happiness that our world needs more of.
0: Absolutely, that sounds delightful. Yeah. Yeah, let's do one one or two more nonfiction.
2: Nonfiction. Okay. So uh, another one is The Glass Universe by Deva Sobel. Mm -hmm. This is a science history book. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson talked about them in his TV show, The Cosmos. That was pretty successful. Mm -hmm. Um, But the story of these women is basically during a time when women mathematicians and women scientists weren't really appreciated in the workforce. This guy who ran the Harvard Observatory said, no, they could be really... They should be appreciated. So he had this whole team of women who essentially helped to map the stars that define how we look at the stars today and really set up what NASA research is now. So it's pretty Mm -hmm. incredible what these women did.
0: Interesting. That's not what the is that what the movie is about? Do you have you seen the movie preview? Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't think I do. Um, I'm sorry. A, no, that's okay. It must not be a tie-in. I was just curious. Um, although, this could do well when the movie comes out. There's a movie coming mm-hmm. out this holiday season. I think it stars... Oh, I'm going to forget her name. Uh, <laughs> oh, She's from The Help. Anyway, it's, um, she is going... They, I don't know. It's a group of women who work for NASA. It's a
2: historical... Uh, period oh, movie Did yeah you? i think i know which one you're talking about i can't remember what it's called either
1: they are, are different um, stories but this will be a good
2: this will be a comp title yes. i think
1: yeah, okay oh, most
2: definitely yeah it'll be two different stories completely yeah. but um yes definitely for people who want to see how awesome women scientists and mathematicians are would mm-hmm. like the glass universe perfect so it's a great story
1: excellent so one more
2: one more okay uh another one is um so i'm gonna go a little silly here and Choose um, dogs and their people, which is <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> I'm a huge dog lover. I have a 13 year old puppy, quote unquote, who <laughs> um, <laughs> is the love of my life. And um, books, and this book is basically a collection of actual people like who submitted their stories about their dogs to this website, and they took the best of the best and put them together. And it's really just reasons mm-hmm. I love my dog, mm-hmm. and it's all the fun things like I love my dog because he. Um, you know, always fetches the newspaper every morning. And it's just these really cute stories, and then the pictures of the dogs are absolutely adorable, so any dog lover will love this book.
1: I think that'll do really well here.
2: I've got to say, that'll be great for (laughs)
0: Thomasville. We'll be sure to stock that one. Absolutely.
2: Yay! I mean, dogs are super cute, so I don't blame (laughs) Thomasville at all. (laughs)
0: Okay, so I think it's time to move into the four questions that you are super familiar with us asking.
2: (laughs) I'll need you to remind me, though, because I can't remember the exact order. (laughs) Yes, we got this.
0: Um, So the first question we ask every guest is, what is a classic you've never read but wish you had?
2: I've always wanted to read War and Peace, but I Mm. haven't because it's so big. It's enormous. I'm very intimidated by the page number count of that book. Yeah.
1: That's a, that's a good one, though. Um, I don't think anybody sent that one.
2: I don't think oh. so, either.
1: So that's... Cool. Congrats. It's a new one. Yay!
2: It's <laughs>
1: Jane Austen, which is what you yeah, should I've always
2: wanted to read... Well, I've never read any literature, uh, Russian classic literature before, and of them, I really... That's the one that's always stuck out to me, as one I want to read, just never got around to it.
0: That's how I am with um, Anna Karenina, is I started yeah. it when Oprah selected it as her book club <laughs> pick, like, I mean, years ago, I think I was a senior in high school Mm -hmm. and, um, I started it, was very compelled, but just put it down and then never picked it back up. Um, I think you're right. Sometimes we let the page count kind of prevent us from, from reading things. We really probably would enjoy reading
2: yeah probably I mean I was proven wrong with the Lord of the Rings I mean that book's what like thousands of pages long
1: (laughs) I'm glad I read it
2: I just need to get over that intimidation factor you're Mm -hmm. correct and saying it and get around to it someday when I get free time
1: (laughs) (laughs) so we know that you listen to our podcast what Mm -hmm. other podcasts do you like to listen to
2: um, so I'm a massive video gamer as well. So when I'm not reading books, I'm playing video games. Those uh-huh. are my two major hobbies. Um, so I listen to this local podcast called 4-1-Owned Gaming. Um, it actually includes a host that works at Penguin Random House. So that was oh. the original reason I listened to it. But it's super cool with video games. I'm also a sucker for This American Life uh-huh. and Radiolab. Those are so cool. Those are great. And I love- those like serialized storylines like Welcome to Night Vale and mm-hmm. the Bright Sessions those are really fun and Grammar Girl that one is a fun one that sounds one to fun to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> and you learn a lot of fun facts and then you realize you were pronouncing things wrong the whole time but it's mm-hmm. really cool I totally recommend listening to it it's like only 15 minutes long I think I was just listening to it before you called me I was listening to Night Vale so, right
1: before we called nice. you
2: nice <laughs> oh, I haven't listened to the latest episode yet so no spoilers no.
0: Okay. So you mentioned that you live in Maryland now, but you grew up in the South
1: and Maryland is technically the South.
0: That's right. South Georgia might disagree with you there, Yeah, but
1: in terms of the Mason Dixon, but
0: you're right. Um, okay. So what is your favorite part about life in the South?
2: Oh, my favorite part is the people. I was actually just back in Georgia um, last weekend. um, I was going to St. Simon's Island to visit some friends. We rented out a beach house. But the one thing I always miss whenever I come back up to the north so to speak because depending on where you are in maryland depends on which mm-hmm. side def- identifies if they're northerners or Southerners. North. <laughs> um but the people are just so nice when they ask you how you're doing they genuinely mean it which is such a cool connection that you don't really get um in the northeast where they just say it as a pleasantry mm-hmm. um and then they just they genuinely look you in the eye they're more than happy to open the door for you that type of little kindness that you don't see but the south keeps it going and keeps it alive and i love that
0: Oh, that's a good point. Okay, and then the last question, and for you, I imagine this will be tricky because there are so many things to be reading. But what are you reading right now?
2: Um, so I am currently reading *Exit West* by Mohsin Hamid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that one's really, really good. I'm about halfway through it right now. Um, and I'm also reading MacArthur's Spies*, which is a nonfiction book. Um, oh goodness, I can't remember who the author is right now. Um, But it's a World War II novel that focuses on this woman who started a jazz lounge in Japanese-occupied Manila during World War II and used it as her means of stealing spy secrets and transferring them to the Americans who were hiding in the jungles of the Philippines at the time.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
2: Um, It's really cool. Uh, Peter Eisner is the author of MacArthur's Spies. Okay. So, yeah, those are the two I'm reading. Um, Really loving.
0: (laughs) And are those, just out of curiosity, are those books that are out right now or are you reading Galley's?
2: Um, unfortunately, they aren't out yet. They're galley form. Um, yeah, they're just galleys right now. Uh, Exit West, I think, is coming out in March of next year. and me. MacArthur Spies is coming out, I think, in April of next year,
0: okay. So listeners, add those to your <laughs> reading list. Oh, one, I was yes. recently talking with somebody, and she she's a listener of the podcast, and she said, I need you to start naming some books' that I can read right now like because I think she I think she was so deeply bothered but I think as a sales rep as a bookseller as a bookstore owner mm-hmm. you are trying so hard or I'll speak for myself I'm trying so hard to figure out what people will be reading next Mm-hmm. that I'm reading a lot of galleys. It was one of my like reading resolutions for the year was to try to stay better on top of how many ARCs or galleys that I read. And so mm-hmm. I think that has shown in some of my reading reviews recently. Um, <laughs> and it was just funny to hear this customer or listener say, I need some recommendations I can actually <laughs> pick up. <laughs> but I feel like you gave us a nice mix today.
2: Oh, good. I hope so. I mean, some of the books are already out, so hopefully that listener will pick up some of them or all
0: that would be awesome That's right. I think um, yeah and we talked Virginia and I think we're going to do this we're going to do an end cap featuring some of your selections um, oh, thank you. so be wonderful that'll be fun and that way local <laughs> listeners can easily pick them up off the shelf in the next coming week in the upcoming weeks so mm-hmm.
2: yes and if um, and feel free to give any of them my email address if they want to let me know what they actually thought about the book I'd love hearing people's inputs on the books I like talking about perfect uh, we'll, we'll put
0: that in the, for you. yeah well, and we'll put it in the Show notes, too. Yes, please. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Virginia, for coming on the thank podcast. You. Thank
2: you guys so much for inviting me. I had a great time.
1: Excellent. Goodbye.
2: Bye.
0: Full episodes of From the Front Porch can be found on iTunes or on our store website. That's www.bookshelfthomasville.com.
1: And we have a lot of stuff going on in the store lately and some new people that you may not recognize or you should by now. <laughs> um, but you can follow all of us behind the scenes on our social media accounts um twitter and instagram at bookshelf
0: thanks so much for listening and we will see you next week